Good morning. This is Chad Jordan and not Larry Jordan. I've got Dawn with me. How are you? That's right. So this is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Remember, you can check us out at palmettorealestatepros.com. Listen to our previous episodes. Check out our sponsors, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, Dawn, it's amazing. Like today, the weather is kind of, it's it's impressive. It is so beautiful outside. I kind of wish I wore my boots today. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. We don't expect this in August. Well, it's September. It's almost Well, that's Christmas. right. I, and I'm not Christmas even in the right time. month. So it's, that's right. It's that September. I guess we're getting closer to fall, getting into October. And yesterday you called me and you said, it's almost Christmas. Yes. <laughs> so it's like getting, the, the year has gone by so fast. Right. I, uh, I wrote a listing yesterday that expires in 2022. Right. It makes you realize, wow, the year has flown by. So um, welcome in. We're going to be discussing various real estate topics today. And one of the things we're going to kind of focus in on today we, we thought would be interesting is property management being a landlord, all these kind of things, because, you know, sometimes people end up with houses, they want to be a landlord, but sometimes people are accidental landlords. You know, I had a a whole conversation yesterday with a young lady. I was doing this really cool, it was a type of gym class, right? Anyway, and she was my trainer and she said, I just have some friends and they want to travel, but they just bought a house. And how are you going to do that now that you have to be there for 30 years? And I said, well, wait a second now. The average peop- average person, according to national statistics, moves every seven years. So when you think about that 30-year mortgage, uh, most people don't have a mortgage for 30 years, or at least not at the same house. However, um, a really great way to still move or travel is if you buy a house, you can then rent it out. And um, I didn't know a lot about that industry i mean I, I i've heard about property management but i didn't really realize the benefits or how it works until coming to work with you and larry at the palmetto real estate group and um, a huge benefit is that you know i sold a house to a person when i was you know working up in alaska and he lived there for about a year his parents really wanted to buy a house he bought a house and then he wanted to move down to california he said what am i going to do i said well you know rent it get somebody else to pay that mortgage for you it makes you free to go it not just pays the mortgage, but because it shows on your, um, you, you can, you can uh, tell a new lender when you want to buy a new house that that house is rented, so you will still qualify for a new loan. Um, but in foresight now, I also know, and by the way, get a property manager so that you don't have to worry That's about right. anything. Just, you know, they don't pay, they don't stay, you don't have to be nice or mean. All you have to do is worry about or think about that beautiful check coming into your bank account. Every and there month. are tons of reasons why people end up being renters. I mean, obviously, we're working with investors and people who want to be renters or landlords. They want to have a property and they want to have that income coming in. And the amazing thing about being a renter is or a landlord is if you have good tenants and you've properly screened them and you make sure they're they're working, you know, anything can happen, obviously. So there could be bad times, obviously, with with any situation. But if you think of it as a business, it really does help the mindset because you kind of think, well, this is um, just like any other business. If a person can't stay, we'll we'll talk to them, try to work it out. But it is a business venture. And that's why sometimes some people don't need to be landlords. 
they would be much better off hiring someone to manage that property for them. I mean, one of our first stories when you, I think it was, might have been, it might have been Larry that came up with me, um, but we met a gentleman over in Sally, South Carolina, who had two houses. He was living in one. He was renting out the other. He had a deadbeat renter before the person that was renting this time his second house. The second person said they were going to lease to own and they were going to do all these repairs and she hadn't paid rent in eight months and he's managing it himself and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to evict her. He doesn't know even how to get a hold of her. She doesn't answer the phone, doesn't answer the door and um, he wanted to list the house and sell it and, you know, thank goodness we said, well, we'll take care of that for you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's a, it's a, it is a business and think of it as a business. So if you're out there and you're a landlord, I would just encourage you guys, if you're going to do it yourself, and you certainly can, there's nothing wrong with you doing it yourself if you have the fortitude. <laughs> because the thing is, you know, when you have a, um, when you're managing properties, you do have to be attentive to the needs of the people that are in the properties. If there's an issue, you need to be able to take care of it. But more than that, it's making sure that that uh, property is, um, the cash flow is continuing to come in. One of the things we learn in real estate school that the property manager's job, there it's very simple. You remember, mm-hmm. maximize yeah. rents or Ma- maximize. Max- yep, yeah, make sure that the uh, property is always rented. Make sure you're getting your highest and best for it, um, and and that's and and make sure that you are honoring what the land what the owner wants for their property. That is our agreement. That's right. So if you're rent renting, it'd be it'd be interesting if you're renting. You're listening out there. Call us. Tell us your experience. Um, I'm sure there's stories everyone has. Um, if you don't have good stories and you're a landlord, you haven't been a landlord long enough because I, they will come. I do. Um, I know a uh, property owner who only introduces herself to her tenants as the property manager. That way they think that they're just dealing with some person who's being hired by the property owner. And so they don't need to be her friend because if she was the owner, they'd want to be her friend so that they can take advantage of her. And I'm not saying all renters take advantage of people, you know, but just like everything else, you get the good ones and the bad ones and it's about 50-50. But uh, she will knock on the door and, you know, hey, got to pay the rent. Oh, sob story. Sorry, man. I'm just here for the owner and business is business, right? That's right. And so... To kind of give you an example of the difference in uh, owning or, or people managing themselves and having a property manager, we took over a mobile home park, I think it was four years ago, five years ago now. When we took over the the uh, place, it was, I think, $4,800 in revenue coming in. And what we found out very quickly is half the side was owned mobile homes, half the side was lot rentals. Two Two people owned it. They were family. On the lot rental side, the wife ran it, and she never collected rent. It just felt so bad. And so just half the people on the lot rental side never paid rent, ever. And so we had to kind of clean that up. And I think uh, we're over $11,000 in revenue now, which has completely turned it around. But it's also the tenants out there are, are, are thankful, even though the rents have went up, because they're like, finally someone to kind of manage this place take care of the place right right Right. and you know and that's that's the thing is um if you're not comfortable running your own business you probably it's it's great to hire a property manager it's 100 percent peace of mind you know if something breaks we make sure it gets fixed if 
you know, somebody doesn't pay, we make sure that that's taken care of. If somebody wants to move in and there, there are, uh, and again, you know, not all renters are bad, but there are professional renters who go out there and their intent is to move into a place and take complete advantage of the property owner because they know they can. And with a property management company there to protect you, uh, the landlord or the owner of the property, um, it's just, it's just so mind freeing and joyous because now you don't have to manage people. Somebody else will do it for you. That's right. And it, it is a job, um, or it can turn into a job. So make sure if you're going to do it yourself, that you're, um, taking care of those issues as they come out as quick as they do. So hang on, we'll be back on the other side of the break. Continue this discussion. back with a little Springsteen. How about that? I was thinking, isn't, <laughs> isn't that licensed? <laughs> I know. This is good stuff. Hey, we have all the licenses here. Uh, thank you, Mr. Brian. That's awesome. We so love uh, Brian. I feel a little like I'm, this is underwhelming though now. <laughs> Springsteen to Chad. So uh, Dawn, okay. But hey, I wanted good to mention morning. something, Dawn, when we come, as we come back, you just got an award. I did. Yeah. yeah so thank you. I'm going to let you Tell what the award was. It's called a Neighborhood Award. Is that right? Good Neighbor Award. Good Neighbor Award. Yes, it's from the National Association of Realtors. Um, I work with a nonprofit, AbolishSlavery.org, and we do human trafficking investigations, all um, not just in the United States, but all over the world. Our investigations just in the last um, two years alone have led to uh, hundreds of minors being uh, rescued, identified and rescued. We help form human trafficking task forces. So it's not like we're doing the work ourselves. Um, we are um, coordinating with, you know, we're a coalition, Abolish Slavery Coalition. So we're coordinating with um, different forms of law enforcement and, and uh, stakeholders, which are, you know, attorney generals. And I, we bring the IRS in and um, other nonprofits to provide housing and shelter. And so we form these task forces and our coordinated efforts um, all together have led to thousands of rescues over the years. Well, that's it's, great. It's, it's really incredible work, and I feel very blessed to be able to do it. And uh, so every year the National Association of Realtors awards 10 grants to nonprofits, and uh, thousands of realtors apply for this grant. You have to be a realtor to do it, and thousands apply, and um, only 210 awards have been granted since the year 2000. So it's a very kind of elite group of people. And this year, Abolish Slavery was granted one of these awards. And, um, and I just feel so blessed. They asked for a media list so that they can send announcements out. And I know that I, uh, I, I put the point radio on my media list. <laughs> well, you have an announcement right now. Right here, So yes. that's great. So Congratulations. Thank you. thank you so much. Yep. It's, it's really quite an honor. I don't honestly... Like the award, it, it's it's. I care about the money for the for the organization and what that's going to do to change lives. I mean, awards are you know they're fun and everything, but that's really wasn't the point of it. The point was like, ooh, hey, there's this opportunity to get money for the organization for the lives that we change. You know, we've got um, some of our survivors right now are going to college. One of our survivors um, who was kidnapped when she was 14 from school. I'll make this short. We found her four years later. We found thousands at least a thousand people while we were looking for her and uh we were able to finally find her she 
was able to go back to school, graduate with her graduating class, first person in her uh, family to go to college. We supported her through college. She just got her undergraduate in forensics and is going on to get her master's degree in detective work so that she can go and give back to society the same way that um, she realizes that, you know, we've affected her life. That is amazing. That is great news. And again, congratulations. And I think we have uh, transitioning over to real estate and mortgages. Erica, Erica. are you on the line? (laughs) Hey, Erica. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. How are you today? I'm well. Congratulations, Don. Oh, thanks, Erica. Yeah. So, Erica, give us a quick update, and I wanted to ask you about some things that we've been uh, experiencing here lately. But give us a quick update on the market and what's going on um, in mortgages and real estate or uh, uh, lending right now. Everything is holding steady. I wish I had something really, you know, <laughs> tantalizing to share. Um, but it's good. I mean, that's good news for those people that are kind of waiting to get settled in from the start of school and whatnot. Um, everybody keeps saying, I'm so afraid that rates are going to go up. And I tell them, well, it's inevitable, but, um, they're kind of holding steady. You can't really bulk if you've got a 30 year mortgage and you know, the high twos, the low threes, those are great rates. Um, nothing to kind of, uh, turn your nose up at. So it's still a great time to buy and sell. Interest rates are low. Um, we have seen a little bit of a slowdown. In market, so those that were fatigued from looking, maybe a great time to reach back out and update your pre-qualification letter and see what houses have hit the market. That's good. Good news. And so one of the things I wanted to um, chat with you about, Erica, is some things that, that uh, we've run into when we're talking to folks, looking at buying, uh, because people are realizing that rates are low. It's a it's a good time if you can find a house. And, and uh, so tell me a little bit about if or if the folks that are listening debt to income what is what are you guys looking for exactly because i've had people call and like i have say things like i have great income and yet when they go to get qualified they can't get approved even if their credit might be good because of this dti or the debt to income what does that ratio need to look like typically when you're getting someone approved so debt to income basically uh, in in layman's terms takes your gross monthly income, right, um, divided by your monthly liabilities. However, your monthly liabilities are most likely just the debt that is reporting on your credit report and any child support or alimony, something like that. Um, You know, usually you're not seeing utilities or cell phones or um, car insurance. Those types of things aren't included in your debt-to-income. Um, And usually what people don't understand is uh, you need to, for a conventional loan, your debt-to-income is going to have to be below 50%, including the new payment of your current debt load in comparison to your gross monthly income. And the reason why they come up with that number is because we're using gross. So your gross is not necessarily what you're bringing into your house. So they want to make sure there's sufficient amount of room once taxes are taken out and insurance and 401k, all that good stuff, that you actually have leftover money to pay all those liabilities and monthly expenses that we don't see, that we're not including in your debt load. That's right. And the key Um, thing there is that this is information that can be proven. It can be, um, it's like your tax returns kind of thing. So, and this is kind of what we run into sometimes with people that, 
make money on the side or they are self-employed, it has to be what you're reporting, not just what, you know, you say you make or what cash you have. It has to be uh, sourced and uh, I knew seasoned. a person who reported making $425,000 a year but only paid taxes on 23000 So the other $402,000 he was using as write-offs. And we see this also with rentals also. People say, well, I'll make, uh, yep. you know, $10,000 a month. And, and then we look and we're like, well, it's only showing that you make $3,000 a month. And, uh, oh, well, that's, uh, you know, and there's no way to prove it, you know, or it's, it's written off. So these are important things to consider when you're looking. I'll just say this. Call Erica. Get in touch with the right folks. They will help you. And, Erica, I know you've done this in the past. If someone's not quite there, you will help them to, or at least tell them what to do. Now, you can't make somebody do yeah. something, but you can at least tell them what they need to do to get in a better spot. That's right. We can point you in the right directions. We can give you the tips and what you need to do to either lower your debt load or increase your credit um, to get you in a better place to qualify to purchase a home, for sure. Right. Right. So we were, Chad and I were talking yesterday, Erica, about condos and HOAs and uh, how that could potentially adversely affect somebody being able to purchase one of them. Can you, uh, do you need more elaboration on that or? I mean, yeah, so- yeah, I can, I can talk about condos for sure. So um, specifically, usually people that are buying condos are most likely going to look at conventional financing. Conventional financing, um, they're, they're insured by Fannie and Freddie. And so we have to follow their guidelines on what they say the HOA and or the condominium project has to meet to qualify for financing, essentially. And there are three types of reviews that we can do to collect information to determine eligibility for financing. If you are putting down the minimum when you are purchasing a condo, that is going to require what FHA consider or what Fannie and Freddie consider a full review. That means they're going to look at the budget, the reserves. You, the you mean the condos has. HOA budget, right? What happens if the budget yep. is um, what happens if the budget is or the reserves are a negative money? Well, this is this is uh, what what happened to us this week. We have a buyer and the review was done and we had to back out of the the sale or get a release from the contract because they just couldn't get financing. And so, nope. uh, that's because the HOA was but, bankrupt, right? Well, I mean, they weren't in bankruptcy, right. they were but they had a negative in balance. The negatives, they, right. were, they were, they were, they were short. So they're going to require that they have a reserve amount. Um, so the reserve was short, right? We were 10% short. But not only that, the budget that they provided showed a deficit. Um, and, and so we had kind of some compounding issues there. Now, in the event that someone wanted to put a significant amount more down, you then qualify for what Fannie or Freddie considers a limited review. However, our particular client didn't have that extra money to put down, so the loan that she was qualified for, she couldn't actually get. Well, and then the other question is, do you want to be in a development that's bankrupt? (laughs) You know, so it leaves another question too. Like, I could put more money down, but do I want to live in a place that can't that, that the the budget is not sound? You know, and I'm paying all these fees every month, and is anything going to get corrected? So it, it leaves exactly. a lot of questions. So, well, and I've also heard um, about some condos, like a person can't qualify, and maybe this is just an FHA, but you can answer this, Erica. 
uh, if there are too many rentals, if too many of the units are being rented as opposed to owners. Can you elaborate on that? So it typically doesn't impact you if you're purchasing it as your primary residence. But if you're purchasing it as an investment property or a second home, um, the occupancy of the other units will impact whether you can actually get a conventional or um, an investment or a secondary home loan on that condo project. And the reason why they do that is they say, well, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this, but in the event that someone falls on hard times, they're typically not going to abandon their primary residence. If they have extra properties, their second homes and their investment properties would be the ones that are higher at higher risk for default. And so they want to make sure that the entire project doesn't go into obliteration because X amount of the units are not owner occupied. So that's really when occupancy can affect the, the eligibility of the, the project is when the person purchasing it is not going to occupy it. They look at occupancy rate much more stringently. Well, and this is why, folks, if you're listening, you need to find someone like Erica who knows the business, knows what they're doing, and can help navigate these issues. Be sure to go to our website and uh, Palmetto Real Estate Pros if you want to get in touch with Erica and uh, let her know. We appreciate you coming in, Erica, spending the segment with us. Thank you, Erica. And uh, we will be in touch soon, I'm sure. Chad Jordan and Dawn Adams. Good morning. Thanks Palm- for spending your morning with us. That's right. Thank thank you for being with us, Dawn. Uh, Larry is out there somewhere. He's enjoying Making the himself. the world a better place. That's right. And so, uh, actually, he has an anniversary coming up. Uh, my mom and he been married a long time. So That's right, um, because just to be clear, Larry is Chad's dad. That's right. That's why you could call and say uh, Chad and his dad. Right. This is Chad and his dad's show. <laughs> and if you called him dad when you called in, he would be fine with that. He's earned that right to be called dad. He's right? a good man. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we are talking about property management. We had a uh, segment last time, uh, last our last segment, we, we spent a few minutes with Erica talking about lending because it's uh, so, many, so important, so many things we've run across. And uh, even just recently, we're learning things new every day. And we're going to continue this discussion with property management because it is something that sometimes people fall into. Sometimes they decide, hey, I I think I want to be a landlord. I saw a commercial or saw an online seminar, watched a YouTube video, and I'm an expert. (laughs) So until you get that first call. So just to kind of give you an idea, last month, twice, um, I have uh, an apartment and a tree fell two times. Two different trees fell. And one fell over the corner of the uh, one of the units, didn't injure anybody, thank goodness. And then from another person's adjacent property, both of these were not on my property. From the other one, another tree fell on someone's car. Oh, my gosh. And so these are the kind of things you run into, and it would be much better to have someone to be able to address those well, and not get the call in the middle of the night. And here's what happens when a tree falls on your property. Even if it falls from the neighbor's yard, the portion of the tree that's on your property is your responsibility. It's not their responsibility to move. Well, the, the crazy thing was the one from the, the first time it happened, uh, the gentleman 
paid for it out of his own pocket. He said, you know, I'm not even going to re- uh, file it. it. It didn't damage much, so it wasn't that big a deal. Paid for the tree to be cleaned up. The other one, um, the person didn't have insurance. So it was all my responsibility. And so, you know, you had to go, you had to make that call, like, do I want to call my insurance? And so it ends up being a, um, a, a ordeal that you have to deal with. So these are the kind of things that happen now. And, and even with insurance, you know, it's great to pay for the first one out of your pocket, but insurance has a deductible. Right. So there's still more money coming out of your pocket. And that's why you have to weigh. Much. Right. Do yeah, I want exactly. to even file a claim? Or now act of God is different, you know, so it's not quite the same as, you know, something. Branch breaking. Right. So all these things come up. Um, and so the question is, if you're a landlord or considering being a landlord, is ask the question, is this something I want to do? Is this something I can do? And maybe the other question is, is do I have the time to invest in doing this? Or am I even going, like, I was just thinking, um, if somebody has to move and they've only owned a house for a couple of years, do you want to be a landlord from another state where you really can't control things as well? And I think my dad is on the phone, but before we go to dad, right? Mr. Larry. Hi, dad. <laughs> dad. <laughs> I want to mention this because you, you said something that was, that, that happened. Um, my wife is one of my agents. She's, uh, I have to say this, Dawn, I apologize. She's my best agent. So. That's okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm no a, offense. I'm probably right? number ten down there right. because, by the way, this is a whole mom and pop over Right, but she uh, <laughs> she sold a house to a um, a gentleman. A, a v, he, had, he got a VA loan, meaning he put he didn't put any money down. Nice house in Blythewood, and uh, he he's actually an ICE agent, and he was transferred to Arizona because there's issues, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, had no equity in the house, and so we're renting the house. And that was the conversation we had to have is, do you want to sell it and maybe come out of pocket a little bit to sell it? And he decided, you know, look, look, let's just rent it. Rents are, are high right now. Uh, there's demand, and it's worked out really well for him. He's covering his payment plus making some money on the property and uh, not having to worry with it while he's doing his job taking care of us basically and in because, Arizona and because um, he's making money on the rental or at least breaking even on the rental he can still go to Arizona and buy qualify to buy another house and that's what he's doing yeah yeah so, so um, now he's got two that's right so Larry or dad are you with morning us? Larry I'm here and I, I had to call to congratulate somebody uh, Don that's super thank you Larry thanks it's meaningful yeah, I've been listening um, and of course, that was just that was just a great thing that happened. And then our mortgage girl comes on; she just got so much information. And Chad, thank you for fixing coffee. I came in the office early, and you had already gone and left coffee for me. Thank you. You, you got to keep your priorities straight in an office, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I made coffee for my fiance before I left this morning too. He's sleeping in today. See, we're all day doing off. our duty. Like <laughs> he, won't, he won't be up till 10, but there's coffee <laughs> waiting for him. Right. Uh, well, I, I'm awake now, so that's good. Uh, but uh, you guys are doing a great show. And if there's some folks out there listening, got questions, stuff happening, they need to call you and get some good advice. And, Don, you, I don't know if I didn't hear you mention what's happening next Wednesday. Oh, thanks. Yes. Next Wednesday, we have our free investors seminar. So anybody who's interested in learning about 
real estate investment, all the aspects of it, um, property management is part of it, uh, how to buy and sell houses, you know, wholesale houses, buy them for a dollar, flip, uh, the different um, ways to rehab a property and not go bankrupt doing it or not overbuild in the market. These are things that we talk about during our investor seminars and they are ev the every second Wednesday of the month from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Uh, we were doing them in person until the pandemic hit. So now we've got them on Zoom, which is a huge benefit because we honestly get people from all over the country uh, uh, attending these these webinars. And they're fun. They're an hour and a half. We start right at 6.30, full of information. And, and the reason that we aren't asking for money for these is because, well, first of all, we just like, you know, sharing information with people just like we are right here on the show. Um, but the other reason is that we know that some people are going to go off and, you know, have the confidence to do the stuff on their own, but some people are going to want a little more guidance for it. And uh, we here at the Palmetto Real Estate Group are happy to provide any type of guidance. I have a gentleman that... Um, Right now, he's sending me addresses, and I have my admin skip tracing these addresses for phone numbers and such, and we're getting a hold of these. You know, he's basically driving for dollars. I'm not charging him anything for it. Uh, and we have a deal where, you know, anything that we get under contract and sell, we're just going to split. So it's it's not even like I'm making money off him in this in in the beginning, and he's not making money off me. Um, this is just a service that we provide to help people uh, get their bearings and get started, and we're happy to do it. And ultimately, I mean, our goal is to make money, but, you know, again, it's just some people want a team, and some people already have a team, and then some people just want to learn and, you know, maybe help somebody else. So And this. so it's and so, at 630, 630 next Wednesday. 630 to 8 p.m. next Wednesday. Um, Y'all are going to have a, a register here on the Palmetto Real Estate Pros website at some point. But before then, uh, you can call our office. And, Chad, you know the office number by heart. So what's the office number? That's right. So I think we're getting some feedback. I don't know if your radio's on. Um, no. I don't know. So anyway, we've got – we've got you can go – you can register a couple ways. You can go on the Palmetto Real Estate or not the <laughs> palmettorealestatepros.com. And just when you register on there, you can send in an email and say workshop, and we'll make sure you get registered. You can oh, call. Wait, wait. So there is a place. There's to a place where you can Perfect. you can um, yep. so come on our website. Get on the website, Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Uh, submit your name and information, and and just say workshop. And we will make sure you get on there. Or you can call the office at eight zero three nine three nine eight five six two. If uh, somebody does not answer, just go ahead and leave a message. And uh, we'll definitely, you know, we always follow up. That's right. And um, if you want to leave a message and just say workshop, we need your name and email address so we can at least contact you, get you on that list. So, um, well, you know, and one of the great, I'm sorry, uh, but one of the great things about these uh, webinars is we also have a Facebook group. So when you're on the webinar, you'll get access to our Facebook group and we've got lots of deals going on there. I mean, people are posting them for sale or hard money lenders and lots more resources. So it's just kind of a gateway into the whole investment world for people who are wanting to get there. And once you register, these workshops are recorded. 
And so you Correct. can go back and, and watch. And so some of our workshops are heavily attended and some we don't have as many, but a lot of people are watching online Correct. afterwards. And so we, we are going to continue to do those. We record them and I post them up to YouTube. And so we've got some YouTube followers and that's pretty great. And we've got some YouTube ve- views. I'm going for, um, I would like to see 100,000 by the end of the month. Um, but really, I think if we've got 200, I'll be that's right so you know i I post we've only been posting them for about four months we haven't really been advertising them too much yet but anybody who's interested in seeing our past uh webinars these these investor seminars can get a hold of us and we can send them those links to please like us and follow us and subscribe so we're all youtubers now yes and podcasters and podcasters everybody has a podcast all right staying at home away from the radio today okay (laughs) So we've got just about a minute left. you have any closing words of wisdom for us in our topics no, of uh, property management that we're ca- talking about today? Property management, just make sure you get the right tenants before you have to manage them. Right, and that is a system, and it's, it's almost a science. And it, yes, it, you it know, is. and I want to add to that because people call me about, you know, I have a lot of houses uh, listed and or for rent and they want to call. And I say, well, the first thing to do is get on our website and fill out an application and we're going to screen you with a background check, uh, credit check. Not that you have to have perfect credit. We just want to know that you're paying your bills habitually. Um, rental, uh, in, rental verification. So we talk to your past landlords and income verification to make sure that you can uh, pay the rent when you get in there. And it's amazing how many people don't follow through with that because most landlords, especially if they're just managing their own properties, don't even know how to do those background checks or those checks um, and or just don't want to. And that's how you get the bad tenants. Well, and there that, that is true. And what you want is people to um, weed themselves out so that you don't have to do it. And so when you say, when someone says, what are your qualifications, you should be able to answer that very quickly. You should almost have it on a script. Rental verification, income verification, background check, credit check, whatever you do, you have that written down. We actually put those things in the advertisements for the rental. And so when we get a call, we usually know they already have a clue that we're going to do those things um, so that we make sure we know who's going in the property before we go into it. And if it's your property, I guess it's one thing. When you're managing other people's property, you certainly want to make sure that you know who the person is you're putting in a property. So we See will be on back the flip side. in a few minutes. Good morning. This is Dawn Adams and Chad Jordan here with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros in South Carolina or wherever you may be tuned in. And listen, by the way, if you're on vacation and uh, you have internet connection, you can listen live online. Just go to the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. I'm sorry, Palmetto Real Estate, www.palmettorealestatepros website. And there's a link there where you can just click listen live. And um, you'll get us or whatever happens to be playing on the point at that time. But this is us. That's right. And so we are talking about property management, being a landlord versus not being a landlord today. And one of the things that we haven't mentioned yet that is kind of like the topic no one likes to talk about is evictions. And so there is a process for evictions. And I've noticed that a lot of people, I think you mentioned this, uh, uh, someone who's doing it themselves, 
didn't know how that process works. And it is a process. So if you're to kind of give you the quick version, you have to have thing. Everything has to be in writing. And so if you're going, if someone's not paying rent, you have to send them a notice, um, give them five days notice. Um, if they don't pay, you can file an eviction. If a lot of times what happens when you file an eviction, many people just leave, but some tenants don't. And that's when you may end up having to go to court. And when you go to court, you have to present your case to the judge explaining why you need to evict this person. They'll get to state their case. And if they haven't paid their rent, then usually what happens is the judge says you have to leave. What happens if they don't leave? Well, now you have to do a set out, which is another process. You have to contact the court and say the tenant didn't leave. And then they get a sheriff deputy to go out to the property and you have to put their stuff on the side of the street. I mean, literally, you place the stuff on the side of the street um, if they haven't left. And so um, one of the things we had happen is uh, years ago, and thankfully, this doesn't happen a lot if you take time to get the right tenant in in the first place. But we did have one tenant that was in the property for a while and fell on hard times, and we kept telling the owner our contact was the, uh, the gentleman in the house, uh, had a family, kept telling them over and over, look, or, or the person, we couldn't get the wife. She worked, she had weird hours or something, but look, you, you, you haven't paid. We are going to have to file if we don't get something. They never did anything, never made any inroads to pay in or trying. So we had to file eviction. Unfortunately, not a good scenario. And so, uh, went through the whole process. They didn't show up for court, nothing. And so we had to file, uh, to get the county, which is a sheriff deputy to go over to the property. He knocked on the door and, um, you know, we have to meet there because you have to take the stuff out of the house. And we were hoping they would be gone. Well, what happened is we go to the house and not one thing from the house has been moved. The wife is not there at the house. Uh, two kids, nobody knew because the, hu the husband never said, Hey, we're being evicted. And so there's not a plate moved clothes in the closet still there everything's like they never were going to leave and so the deputy said sir get your kids you have to leave and they were like well can we get some of our stuff guess what he says no the stuff is going to be put on the street and so we have to get the stuff put on the street one of the daughters starts going ballistic and so the police made them go to the other side of the street and watch us with our guys putting their stuff on the side of the street and I don't know if you've ever seen this, what happens when you put furniture on the side of the street. Vultures come out. Everybody starts showing up, digging through stuff. And so they were kind of like, it's like swatting away vultures after a while because an entire household of stuff being put in trash bags and placed on the side of the street, it, it was the worst experience, one of the worst as far as heartbreaking, but didn't have to happen. And so, but we, we had to do that. And so... Hopefully, if you're listening, you never have to go anything, through anything like that. But you, if you do it long enough, you're probably going to have something that happens. And again, if you think of it kind of more like, you know what? It's kind of like in work, not everything goes as planned. There's bad things and good things. And so just think about it. It will happen. Unfortunately, people go through hard times and hopefully you can work it out. That's the ideal scenario and not have to do that. But Sometimes it happens. Well, and also that's another good reason just to work through a property management system 
because as a property manager, it's your responsibility to handle it. And as the seller themselves, they might have gone and said, oh, my gosh, your, your family doesn't even know and I can't do this. And, you know, he's already gone through the court system. And then what happens if uh, if a homeowner gets over there and decides not to move them out at that time, Chad? They, they have to do it all over again. You have to file. If you don't follow the procedure and you say, well, I'll just wait. And uh, the tenant says, hey, we'll move out on our own but then they don't again, you have to file again. You don't get to do a do-over because you didn't do what you were supposed to do the first time. And that's why you have to kind of say, you know what, this is a business. And, you know, I, I've gotten past this phrase. People say um, it's just business. Well, business is personal. There's no way to avoid the personal nature of business. So what you have to do is you could be personal, but you also have to do business. Be compassionate right. in the business that you do. And yeah. so our, our, what we usually will say is we're firm but fair. And it kind of goes both ways. We're going to do what we say, but we expect folks that we're working with to do what you say. And that's as fair as you can be. And so um, we do have a, uh, a horror story I wanted to share with you guys. Do, 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 do. Isn't this great? No Springsteen <laughs> for this one. All right, so... This is uh, from a blog post that uh, folks who rent um, kind of post their stories to. And uh, this is a, uh, somebody who has a Section 8 property in uh, another state. And so this is what they said. They, have a, they had a tenant who was clearly unstable, may have been a prostitute, <laughs> and possibly had drug problems. And so there's the, t- the first problem. Two, two problems already, right? And so uh, clearly unstable, tenant was a menace not only to the landlords, but to other tenants as well. And boy, have I seen this. Tenants, a tenant who causes, stirs up things for other people. So, but um, when she got mad at the office, she would turn on the water, block the drain, and flood the apartments below her. The problem is she's on the third floor. So two other units are flooded below her. Um, She did this three times in six months. That's bad. When when we left to pay for and clean up the damage, we still couldn't evict her. And and there are reasons for this, by the way, why you can't evict some people. Because Um, she was mentally unstable? It could be, or it could be they file bankruptcy. There's people that know how to work the system. They could file things in court that delay it, ask for a hearing, and then not show up. Uh, This coronavirus... Um, and right now, she could have just not done. I mean, there's there's ways to evict people, but there's ways tenants have rights too. And so uh, one day she got in an argument with a gentleman outside her apartment door in the hallway. It turned physical, and she pushed the man over the railing. He ended up dying. Still, we couldn't evict her. A few months later after that, she was run over by a bus not far from the community, and she died. How you like that story? Wow. Did she come back to haunt the place? <laughs> she may have. So Wow. You don't want a situation like that. So Oh my gosh. How the, could now how could something like that have been avoided? I mean Well, here's a little clue. Now, there are national background checks that you can you can look online. There's there's lots of them. We use um, stuff that we have access to through the Realtor Association and different different things. But there are local things that you could do. If you go to the Richland County Judicial Index, if you type that in or go to Richland County's website, you should be able to find it. Lexington County has a Judicial Index, and you can put in a person's name, 
Um, now, if their name is John Smith, there's going to be all the John Smiths are going to come up. But um, in most cases, you can see if there's evictions filed on that person. Now, that's going to be the local areas. So it's much better to get a national one. But these are things, the basic things you can do. And um, what's, what's amazing is when you tell someone, hey, we do a background check, sometimes they will still apply thinking you're not going to do it. And uh, here's, we won't do the music, okay, but here's another horror story, <laughs> right? So we had somebody apply, and um, her husband was in the military was years ago, and she had a power of attorney and trying to rent a property. And uh, we always say to people, look, we do a background check, we do rental, rental verification, income verification, and we always ask this question, is there anything on your background check that's going to surprise us? Because we want them to know we're going to do it. Because some people just don't believe you'll do it. And you know why they think that? Because some people don't do it. <laughs> and you need to do it every single time. So this lady um, said, uh, actually, it was the guy that was in. It was the, um, the, he had just come back from, from Iraq, I think it was. And we did the background check. And she, was, she had a charge on her background for solicitation. He didn't know that. Whoa. While he was gone. Wow. So she was, you know, working to make some money on the side. <laughs> she was, she had to do some work while he was gone in, in the military. Working out on the street, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So these are wow. some things you run into. This, we're telling you all this, not to scare you, but to give you information. The, the, Always follow your procedures. So that you know who you've got moving into your place. You want to know if somebody's going to be able to take care of your place. That's right. Because when you rent to someone, you are giving them a bundle of rights that you can't just evict them because you don't like them anymore. You have to follow a process. They have to have yeah. violated something in the lease. That's another thing. Make sure they have a lease. <laughs> and um, and your lease can say things like, and Frankie says this, uh, his leases say they can't have dirty dishes in the sink, <laughs> I think, for at all. And so if he, somebody calls and they've got bugs, he comes by and he looks at the place, and if they're, you know, the kitchen is filthy, he says, well, you know, you've, you're in violation of your lease and you need to get out. Right, because that causes bugs. bugs. yeah. And yeah. so it's amazing. So um, make sure you follow your procedures. I guess the first thing is have some procedures, have some rules, and uh, join us next week as we next come back week. for a brand-new show, palmettoRealEstatePros.com. Thanks for joining us.